Welcome to the Common Humanity Podcast, where we are here to have real human conversations. Tonight, my guest is Victor Zotstein. (laughs) I say it. Um, He's a gentleman that I met at actually at work and um, generally getting to know. But Victor, I want to know, who are you? Well, I am just an average guy who is on a journey. I don't want to sound uh, um, I don't know what word that would be. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's accurate. We're all on some kind of journey. We're all going through some kind of process. I um, from a very young age wanted to be an actor or a comedian i've done a little bit of both of those things i at a certain point um stepped away from acting in hollywood i did a lot of that when i was younger and right now i'm honestly just really grateful you know uh as a person who i am and what i'm doing is at best and maybe um uh you know more and more is is just trying to be trying to be as um helpful and kind as i can to the people immediately around me without concerning myself too much with anything too lofty beyond that though i still think about things like that a lot and um i don't know i'm curious about you did have you ever been a performer and you know did you ever do i did a lot of theater and then i did some stand-up comedy well let me tell you i wore a mask for the first 30-ish years of my life as to (laughs) exactly who i am so yes i would call myself a master thespian (laughs) um but (laughs) me too i called my child a thespian the other day and he was like what did you call me and i'm like (laughs) it means you're you're dramatic (laughs) (laughs) Um, i was actually always terrified of it um i didn't like being the center of attention growing Mm. up um i did go to like uh like a acting and modeling school after I graduated college um, for like a year long program um, where they're like training you to like do commercials and things like that. Really small scale kind of stuff out of Denver. Walked a couple runways. (laughs) Uh, Nice. Old Navy. (laughs) I love Old Navy. (laughs) Um, No, my, my best friend, actually, he like his, I guess his whole family, um, him and his brothers, uh, they're all in, have all done theater. And so like, I always watched them, but I was like, no, that's not like being in front of people. And I actually think it's funny because like learning who I am more, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like my fear of not being in the center of attention really did not stem from like 
my true self, but more my pseudo self. Like I was taught from a young age that I wasn't worth attention. And mm. so after I felt attention. I felt really uncomfortable. Um, mm. Now I'm just like, bitches, listen to me. I got shit to say. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Cause I've been on a healing journey. So yeah. I mean, you can you can ask me whatever you want to. You seem, yeah, you seem to me like someone who is very, uh, uh, well, you, you seem unencumbered by a lot of, a lot of hangups I see people have. And also you're pretty clearly benevolent to me. You, 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 you there's no, there's no cloud of confusion or like, well, I wonder, you know, because a lot of people just have question marks when I look at them and I assess them, including myself, including my own self-assessments. I mean, there are but, some people, people I'd like to bitch slap. So. <laughs> I am um, not one of them. <laughs> oh, good, good. I, um, as far as, um, you know, back to who I am, um, I, I, I've heard the, you know, the, the phrase, you know, you, who you are is what you do. And I think that can be very true, at least, to some extent or in a way of looking at it right now, what I'm doing is um, I'm making coffee, I'm not actually making the coffee, I'm making the drink, the right. coffee itself. is. But you're, <laughs> not also, you're also serving your community. You're also. Oh yeah. Day. No, it's so like, I love it. I honestly, that's the, uh, the thing I didn't know going into it. I've had several odd jobs and basically um, at the age of 32, I went into a rehab for drugs and alcohol, which was long overdue. Um, and the several attempts at stopping and several, several, several dozen points where it would have made a lot of sense, but somehow this stuck. I came out, um, I came out pretty certain that I was good and ready to at least give it a strong effort. And it's been four and a half years now. Um, well, just about four and a half years. Congratulations. So Thank you. Thank you. you. It is not an easy task. It's not. I always like to um, uh, include the fact that I uh, about six months into sobriety, I started taking Zoloft again, which is a crutch. And it really has helped in a lot of ways. Uh, I don't know that it's the best thing and maybe long term shouldn't be. I always like to include that, though, because um, you know, if someone were to consider that cheating, I wouldn't want to keep that a secret. But um, so, I uh, let's talk about that real quick, though. So, yeah. I feel like one, first of all, I think I feel like addicts get a really bad rap, right? Mm. Most of yeah. not most of us, we are like ninety five percent of Americans are addicted to something, if not one hundred percent, like. We're all addicts. We live in a society that breeds addiction, whether it's through trauma or through media or any of that. Like, and like, I think it is utter bullshit <laughs> to label people who are addicted to drugs or alcohol, things like that, the things that get a really bad rap as being worse addicts than people who yeah. are addicted to uh, watching television or scrolling on their phone or being at the gym too much because they all have the same impact 
on your right. brain, on your like neurological systems. The addictions are the same, but it's much harder to break. Mm. Like not, maybe not much harder, but there's an additional step to breaking a chemical addiction. Like with, if you are dependent yeah. on a drug, like, right. and to be able to have, like get to a point in your mind where you're like, I need to break this and yeah. continue that. And then right. we all live with this, like, well, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm clean, but, but I take this, <laughs> to help this. but like, yeah. it's so I just, and I feel like I, like, I feel like I've fallen into that too. Cause like, I will 100% say that I'm an addict, but I've mm. never done hard I've never done drugs. Yeah. Um, like I was addicted to diet pills. I was addicted to exercise. I was addicted. I mean, disorder yeah. is an addiction. Right. Um, it's just an addiction to control. <laughs> um, huh. So like those are like battles that I've faced. And I, I consider myself sober because I don't drink anymore. And I have friends mm. who are like, well, you never really drank a lot to begin with. So can you really call yourself sober? And I'm like, well, the last time I drank, I wanted to drink until I was dead. So I'm going <laughs> to, yeah, <laughs> I do think I get to claim that yeah. I overcame that, even though it wasn't like, I, I've had friends who have been, I mean, in a, in a much deeper, darker, like hole when it comes to chemical addictions than I have. Yes. But we have all faced battles and you should never ever minimize your battles because you are a fucking warrior and you should be (laughs) well no and i i am if if anything i like to mention you know like zoloft works really well for me i like to mention it because if i were talking to someone who was struggling um I'd almost want to plant that seed of like, maybe this like really low key thing. That's that said, I have a very, I have a heavy distrust for the pharmaceutical industry on the whole. And, <laughs> and so there's a big part of me. It's like, I don't know, maybe natural, just herbs and natural, you know, roots and uh, things like that would be a better way to go. But ultimately I'm just really grateful that I finally um, walked away from the drugs that were really doing me in. And also, the drinking, which I just was all from the very beginning, um, I knew. And I had several points, like you mentioned. Do you really need to get to the point where you've dive bombed repeatedly? So you don't need to do that. I knew I knew way early on I didn't have to prove it to myself and everyone else, but I did. <laughs> I did prove it um, really well. So, uh yeah. And so something interesting does happen where when you walk away from all of that, well, I mean, it happened for me and I've heard people talk about this. Everything got better. Everything got better immediately. I got to spend a couple of years taking care of my grandfather who was at the end of his life. Um, just kind of timed out well that I was able to do that for um, basically the first two years of my sobriety. And um uh, he was 98 when he passed away, but I, I had a really, it was very meaningful and it was, um, as sad as it was, you know, circumstances that led to him need, needing to be 
to have someone there with him. Um, it was great. And then from there, uh, I moved <laughs> out here to Cheyenne from uh, Southern California because my brother and his wife decided to move out here <laughs> and start a family. And uh, um, I had visited a few times. I loved it. And I'm just so happy to be, um, uh, I'm not necessarily the type of person who would find happiness in my work. Um, I, I'm, I'm very picky and I can be very uh, particular about how I like things and who I like to be around. And what feels like a massive blessing was just fell into my lap. This, uh, little coffee shop which my brother took me the first time i visited it's the coolest place the paramount cafe is the coolest coffee shop you could you could hope for and the owners are beautiful people and other people who work there are great um where i'm i'm uh actually really really happy to just be able to do this uh this pretty basic thing and uh um i've done a little bit of stand-up comedy in the last couple of years and I might do more but I don't have a nagging feeling of I've got to do that it's just something I've enjoyed for sure I so first of all I think it is beautiful that you find joy and beauty in where you are like I yeah. think that that's like that's the goal of life like I think like enlightenment is literally just enjoying your existence as it is and not it's not you know taking over the whole world it's not like having some grand impact on millions of people over social media or whatever it mm. is finding what brings you joy and allowing yourself to feel joy right. and if it's at a fucking super sweet coffee shop then fuck yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, uh, you know, there's a lot of things I can rule out. I'm, I don't want to be at a computer. I don't want to really, I really don't want to be in an office. Um, I'm horrible with paperwork. I'm horrible with any kind of red tape. Um, but I'm also not great with, with extreme labor <laughs> with or not even extreme, just any considerable amount of labor. Um, I'm not good sitting. If I'm sitting for at work, I'm probably going to fall asleep. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of a perfect little nook to be in right now. And um, but I I'm open. I'm open to things in the future. Um, you know, I I like the idea of help, helping people. I could see being a caregiver again. Um, but I was lucky with my grandfather. He was a, a really, he was a class act and, um, just so respectful and kind and sweet and not demanding. <laughs> I, I, I tend to think, cause I've done a little caregiving since then. Um, the first couple of months I was in Cheyenne, I, mm -hmm. I worked for an agency and I realized, uh, um, I was good as a caregiver for someone who is very easy to caregive for. Yeah. I don't know if I would be the best for just anyone. Um, That's fair. Do you, yeah. 
when you were doing caregiving in Cheyenne, was it for like elderly or was it, because I know there's a couple of places who like people who, um, whether they've had like brain injuries or um, are mentally disabled in some yes. who need assistance. So yes. which both- Mostly, mostly or- just, mostly elderly and uh, physically challenged to some degree because of, mostly because because of age. Um, and then, uh, one person, a couple of the people, uh, had just a early onset mild dementia, but that was definitely there. Yeah. Um, and I did enjoy doing that. Um, I could see doing that again. I've often thought about personal training also. Um, I, yeah, I, I only, honestly, only since getting sober, have I been going to the gym pretty much nonstop just regularly, you know, I don't go every day. Um, but I go three or four times a week, usually not more than four, maybe five times a week at most. Um, almost never less than three times a week, unless I can't. And I'm not, um, I had a personal trainer for a while Mm -hmm. and I know that is probably the way to go to at least have one, at least once a week, just to, just to make you do stuff and to make you do it a little faster. But um, I've thought about doing that, and I think I ultimately decided that I'd I'd rather still eat not perfectly, okay, <laughs> and not <laughs> and just basically I would rather I would rather be a little less disciplined and not worry about being a uh... I don't know. Okay, so here's my spiel. First yeah. of all, we need more personal trainers who actually serve people's wellness and are not mm. serving the ideal body type. A lot. Oh, interesting. A, a big movement. It mm. needs to get bigger, but um, there is a movement in in the fitness industry for more real looking people because mm. the people who we are most of us are training most of the people who are looking for personal trainers who are looking for help are real people who just want to find better health yeah who who maybe want to lose a little bit of weight or they want to get a little bit stronger or they just need help figuring shit out because they don't have an exercise science degree they don't have the knowledge but they want to do it and they want to be able to do it effectively there are, there's always going to be personal trainers who are training people for like um, bodybuilding shows and things like that. Super great. But nobody is cut year round. If you are cut year round, it is terribly unhealthy for you. Like you're Interesting. You're supposed to be at a super low body fat percentage. It is bad for you. Like you Interesting. have, your fat serves a purpose. Huh. Um, so like healthy healthy body fat for men is between um i just looked this up the other day 8 and 18% is like the ideal for men hmm. and that's that's still like on the lower end is still athletic and then you hmm. get below that and it's lean like if you get too low uh, it's bad because like ideal is where um like yeah so that's good to hear yeah because okay so media has just like super 
just super fucked all of our brains in that sense and especially like social media because the people it makes me so mad people who are like selling their programs on instagram and they're like you can look just like me which is never a thing you cannot do the same program that somebody else did eat exactly how that person did and have that Uh exact body because you don't have their body you don't have their metabolism you don't have their hormones you don't have their history you don't have their body type you don't have the same muscular structure the same skeletal structure like people sell it like it's some sort of gold and it's not well and all the and all the uh all the fitness people i look at on instagram are women so i definitely am not going to be i don't have that body type at all no (laughs) i see it's funny because like with women i've always been i've always found women more attractive when they had a lot more to them physically that's just my that's always been my skew so more i don't do them like more mass i just i'm not yeah yeah thicker thicker girls <laughs> or um <laughs> not so much not so much muscular but maybe a combination but okay. but more more body fat whereas with guy i just feel like as a guy i don't know i i guess i i've uh <laughs> At a certain point, I thought like I I better be ripped if I'm gonna be, if I want to think about you know being a personal trainer, I better have like nonstop abs. And uh, I go to a gym where it's just a bunch of giant guys, and I go to go I go to Gold's. (laughs) I don't know my my brother got me going there. That was the gym he chose, so I I would go when I'd visit, and it was just the only one I knew. And uh, I'm I'm very very comfortable with with where i am but i'm also not uh i've never really studied anything um in, in that arena it's just uh it's something else i could see i could see enjoying it is my bread and butter it is yeah it's it's where i nerd out hardcore <laughs> so, <laughs> i mean i nerd out on pretty much everything but that's one of the ones where i'm like okay let's talk about this <laughs> um, that was my nerd voice, by the way. <laughs> I don't need to make a nerd voice because I'm an epic nerd. So my voice is a nerd voice. But I also I always thought push up my I'm, non-existent glasses when my actual glasses are around here. Somewhere. I'm wearing my glasses right now. I wear contacts a lot. I always thought I looked like a nerd, but I didn't sound like one. Um, I actually remember there was a time in middle school. Okay, I don't know how I don't know if I'm going to remember this completely correctly, but somehow I came upon a girl's phone number. And I called her. I don't think I was supposed to have her number. Smooth. First and yeah. Smooth. <laughs> I don't think I was supposed to have that. I don't know how I came upon it. And I knew who she was and she didn't know who I was. And she had a crush on me over the phone. And then we met in person and <laughs> it was done. It I, was... <laughs> I remember those days in junior high and I fucking hate them. And I hate them in in adult life and like if you like somebody if you like somebody for who they are over a phone (laughs) or whatever and then you see and I it like not everybody's attracted to the same thing and blah 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 and that is a part of it but I am all about like one like friends always first like any sort of dating relationship anything like if you can't be friends with me first you have no fucking business being anything more to me because if that's true human being there's no way i'm gonna fuck you (laughs) no and that's really the wise way to be i'm one of the things that came about during my drug days my over drinking and and mainly from drugs though was starting to think of the spiritual side of things uh i was watching a late night bible study show 
that would come on at 2 a.m. And I would um, and I got really into it. And uh, and I do carry beliefs with me that I didn't have growing up. My parents were two different religions. I wasn't pushed into religion. Um, I can't really point to my childhood and my upbringing as um, any source of any problems. I, I had a pretty good uh, and relative to what I hear, I had it perfect. I mean, I had an amazing, but um, on my own in my early twenties started thinking about the Bible and just generally th things that are taught. <laughs> and I, I, I really do have conservative leanings in terms of my beliefs, but not necessarily how I behave. And I'll find myself approaching things in one way. But then if you were to stop me and ask me like, well, what, what advice would you give to someone? I would say like, oh yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. You know, like I'll be, a, I'll, I'll be pursuing a girl in a certain way. And then if I stop myself and I was like, don't, yeah, no, this is, I, what I'm trying for here, you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't go along with. And so like you, you don't take your own advice. I don't take my own advice. And sometimes <laughs> I, I try to get people to do what I would advise against. Yeah. I'll try to be, um, and it's funny what you said about the, uh, what I've come across now sometimes is like, if I'm, if it's like a dating app mm -hmm. and someone liked me based on my appearance, but then we talk, they don't like me. That's, that's like somehow oddly worse. Like I'd rather someone not like me because they're just like, Oh, I'm just, I don't like the way you look. But it's a, it's, it's a much deeper uh, burn when it's like, Oh wow. They were attracted to me, but then they, they got you to know me trash. and now they, they, yeah, they don't like me now. Um, yeah, and well, to be fair, dating apps suck. So <laughs> I spent most of my life celibate. I spent the vast majority of the beginning of my life completely celibate, didn't date, tried a little at the beginning, but again, because of uh, spiritual experiences and being, I don't want to say, um, I don't want to sound, uh, I know that can sound, but just basically my mind was elsewhere and I decided to not date. Um okay. And I'm so bad at it now <laughs> that it almost sometimes I wonder, like, maybe it would have been better just to stay with the drugs and to not date so much, to not try to. Yeah. OK, so maybe not the drugs part, but <laughs> um, so I wasn't I, mean, I would say I'm in a relative same boat. Like I I've had five boyfriends total in my life. Right. Oh, wow. 34 um and that includes high school boyfriends <laughs> like like <laughs> the ones where we dated for three weeks and held hands um like there's three of them um there is the man I married which I dated him he was my first boyfriend in high school and then we got married 10 years later so I only count him once because he's one human being um the one guy I dated post-divorce and then the guy I'm dating now so like those mm. are my three real relationships all the rest of that is single them um mm. so I'm just used I'm very used to being single which my my poor poor boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> well um but there's there is a lot of there's actually like research I can't like quote who it's from or anything right now but around the idea of like not dating in mm. your formative years mm. because like that's when most people like 
they do the things where they get to folly, right? Like they get to fuck things up. They get to call a girl on the phone whose number they weren't supposed to have and like, <laughs> and like make those weird childish mistakes, right? Uh. And when you're doing that as a full grown fucking adult, it feels substantially more awkward because it's like everybody else already has these experiences and like, like you're in your mid thirties and you're just expected to have knowledge that you never learned because of your age, which one isn't fair because we don't all have the same experience. We didn't right. all have the same, but right. it does like, it does actually like put us kind of behind in the dating scene because you have to learn how to be social. You have to learn how to not be socially awkward. I had a friend mm. who she told me that she was going to make an app um, called Awkward AF just for me so that she could Cyrano my conversations with people at a bar because oh. like people would talk to me. They'd be like, hey, so how's your night going? I'm like, oh, pretty good, you know, whatever. And they're like, she's like, she, he's hitting on you. And I'm like, well, he should be more direct. <laughs> like, Because like, like, I am... I will talk about fucking anything. And I just, whenever anybody ever talks to me, I assume that they are just like growing up with me because I've, I grew up with brothers. I grew up with guys as friends. I have always just been one of the guys. So I assume that if a guy's talking to me, it's because he wants to talk to my friend and he wants me as like the middleman. Mm. Um, so like when people talk to me, I'm just like, yeah, man, what's up? <laughs> And they're like, oh my gosh, you're not supposed to, it's not how you're supposed to talk to people. I'm like, and then I got just got to this point where I was like, I don't care how I'm supposed to talk to people. If they don't like how I talk, if they don't like how I respond or what I think, right. about, then they're not the person for me. If they, if you don't want to yeah. deep dive into like your fucking childhood trauma, right. the first time that we get into a good <laughs> conversation, you're probably not my cup of tea. <laughs> no, and it's like, you don't want to, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to buy a pair of pants that I have to, you know, suck in my waist to fit into and then later be left with like, I want to be able to be completely open right. and and easy, you know, if any. Yeah, if anything. Um, um, oh, it's all it's all very. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like the idea of, of if I were to end up with someone, it would be someone who is also content to be alone could handle that um yeah. because a lot of people a lot of people i think uh that that wouldn't even be a, an well, option they'd consider i honestly think especially in like the dating world today and granted i mostly stayed out of it like people were like are you ever gonna date again i was like i'm never dating have you seen have you seen the dating pool like it's got a funny smell i'm not going yeah, to yeah, jump yeah, in yeah. and like i yeah. just no absolutely not um which is funny <laughs> here i am in a relationship but <laughs> i have no intention of that happening <laughs> um which I yeah think, like how i think that's how it should be like if you're a, and that's always how i've thought it should be like i've yeah. always aside from like dating apps in my experience have just been full of a bunch of creepy dudes doing a but yeah. saying a bunch of creepy mean ass things to me Hmm. Um, aside from that 
like I've always like always had the idea that if I can't meet somebody in my actual life, yeah, then they're not going to fit into my life when it comes time for actually dating. Like if I'm not going to meet right. the place I actually go to, right? Then when it comes to us like trying to form a relationship, I'm going to have to change something about myself that I don't want to change or they're going to have to change. And I don't think people should like there's always compromise in relationship, but you should not have to change any part of your identity in order mm. to be in a relationship with somebody else. So right. the like the healthy thing to do is be okay with being alone. And like you said, find somebody else who's okay with being alone because that means that they are comfortable in who they are as a person right. and they're not dependent on you for their happiness. Like if they can be happy without you, yeah. then their happiness with you will just be amplified. Yeah. And every now and then I think about children and how they're gross and disgusting. You know, <laughs> I love my kids. No. They're like the point. They're the point of all of this. And we get really like, we're very, we're like, if we were, if you think of human beings as animals, we're hilarious. It doesn't make any sense. Like if you think of like bears having these conversations, it's like, we, well, you know, a lot of so much of this is just biology and right. we we're we're a purpose. I don't know. A thing that seems to be happening is we just we, we only live so long. So we have children. They only live so long. And uh, a lot of this <laughs> I'm someone who doesn't want to have kids mm -hmm. uh, or I don't plan to have my own kids. I, I love kids. I, I could see adopting. But again, back to those like trippy experiences in my early 20s somehow I took out of that I don't want to have them. and uh at times I stop and think about you know either running in circles or beating my head against the wall as far as um the idea of like maybe dating or or finding a wife someday and <laughs> I stop and think like is this all just really really silly and pointless if you remove the uh the procreation aspect of it um no no yeah <laughs> because i don't <laughs> outside of children right like yeah there's yeah. a biological purpose but i promise you there's enough people breeding you don't have to take on that responsibility if you don't want to yeah. um, <laughs> right. the, the, the human species will live on um yeah. but as long as we don't go to idiocracy we're gonna be okay we're further into idiocracy well yeah we're further in some ways yeah, I know. In certain ways, we've gone further past that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but not across the board. Aside from that, humans are social creatures. And not just humans, other mammals, other animals are social creatures as well. Not hmm. every wolf in a wolf pack has a breeding mate. Oh, like, really? Like, they're not, like, you can have family units in huh. multiple species that that is not their primary purpose interesting um and part of that is like i mean in, in other animals you know there's a lot of lot more like th their senses are much more in tune um so like they might not be seen as ideal um breeders right but right. they're good hunters and so right. they still serve the pack. Like you don't, you don't have to be the one breeding, but humans are social creatures. We have always been, we are 
um, we're pack animals. We have always lived in tribes, like to this day, like now we talk about like, girl, find your tribe, like whatever. (laughs) But it's, we, if you look through human history, there've always been people who breed and there've always been people who didn't, Mm. but they, they still were part of the village that raised the kids. There were, you know, um, medicine men medicine women who like part of their purpose was to not breed because they were carrying spiritual beliefs for their tribe for their community they had a different purpose so your purpose Mm. does not have to be to make children and you can still have romantic relationships without making children because there are plenty of people on this planet who don't want to make children Um, and like, it's totally possible. Granted it is hard and 100%, like you move to a place where the dating scene is probably the hardest (laughs) you've got, uh, not a lot of choices pretty much (laughs) like slim chickens when you move to the least populated state in the country. (laughs) Yeah. To some degree that's true, but also, um, again, I'm very particular. I, um, it's a miracle. Honestly, it's a miracle. I'm so happy with my job right now um, because I am the type that if I if I'm not happy, um, I'm not going to I'm not going to continue with something. I might for a while. I might for a while. But unless I'm imprisoned, you know, unless I'm like I have no choice in the matter, then I typically will. Yeah, we'll will walk away from things that uh, that I'm not really digging. Um so it already would have been difficult for me <laughs> no matter where i was you know even in new york city I'd, I'd still uh uh it's almost probably better that i that i'm i'm kind of forced into being more methodical and 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 taking things uh slow and honestly i yeah sometimes i worry that maybe i i lost a drive I remember hearing Marlon Brando speak about acting. I haven't talked too much in this so far about my acting. I was in major, major productions such as uh, the brothers Garcia on Nickelodeon. I, I think I had a line in that I vaguely remember doing um, my first commercial ever was a Pepto-Bismol commercial because, because I believe in that product because I'm, I've, you know, that was, I, I actually contacted my agent and said, look, I'd like to, I'd like to put my face behind my name behind Pepto-Bismol. And uh, I did, uh, I had a line in a movie called John Tucker Must Die. That's a good movie. I never, I don't think I ever saw that movie. I don't think I ever watched it all the way through. (laughs) It was a little bit of a high school chick flick. Um, Which I honestly, though, from what I gathered, it wasn't terrible. You know, probably a positive message. Don't be a, don't be a jerk. Be less of a jerk. May have been the message. Um, anyway, I remember hearing Marlon Brando in an interview talk about, and this is his later on in his life when he was quasi retired, almost how acting was, a kind of a very childish thing to do that as a career, kind of in it, something immature. And I remember thinking like how cynical and how jaded of him, but I kind of prone to, I wonder sometimes like, oh, if I lost the joyful spark of all that. Or did I just get to a point where I'm, I'm genuinely content and not, I don't want to say content, like, um, 
uh, complacent, but I have, I have a, a joy in my heart that's not dependent upon maybe going in front of an audience, going on stage or in front of a camera and performing that I have a contentment in my heart that is, um, I'm just happy to be, I, I could push myself to be a better guy for sure. And to, you know, cut out more bad habits out of my life and to walk a better walk in other ways. But um, I do feel pleased with certain progress I've made. And I'm the assistant manager at a cafe that I feel like that cafe can't be beat. I wouldn't be this happy at a, you know, your average like Starbucks uh, on a turnpike somewhere, you know, that, that might be, it might be the same physical work, yeah. but I wouldn't get a lot out of it. I'm at, I'm at a place I, I really love and I, I'm, I'm living close to my family right now. I'm in a pretty charming town, kind of an odd bubble of a city Cheyenne is, yeah. um, that I, uh, you know, half the time the people here are talking about how great it is. The other half of the time, <laughs> putting it down, it's it's kind of like being part of like some odd family, you know, where you can do yeah, that. You can... It's big dysfunctional family. That's what Cheyenne is. Yeah, yeah, and I I, I like that. I like um, that it's got a good mix of the progressive and the old fashioned. I think now it does. Maybe historically, it's been more old fashioned, but it seems like at least downtown, there's a flood of 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 the progressive side. Uh, I like I like balance in that way. And to some degree, maybe I like chaos and conflict. <laughs> so I like there being this like the, the dichotomy of of like, you know, because at the end of the day, I like the people who are well-mannered and polite, regardless of if they're uh, around their own team or the other team, you know, yeah. like people is like, hey, we're, you know, we love basketball. We both love basketball and we have that in common. You're on that team. I'm on this team. But like we, um, I, uh, you know, cause we need to have mercy and grace for, for people who are doing things wrong in our <laughs> eyes, you know, <laughs> whether or not maybe we're the ones doing things wrong. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, I, I, uh, okay. Very, so yes. Do you believe in anything being inherently good or evil? Um, I honestly think that using our human language, you know, the one we're speaking right now is English. It might even be impossible to truly understand or answer that question. Really? Um, I think that on on one on one hand how i might respond is nothing is good or bad in and of itself nothing is good or evil in and of itself it's a it's about things in relation to other things or mm -hmm. a, a, you know an experience it's depending on the perspective and the experience on the other hand i would say there uh, you know, on, on a spirit level, there can be a, a vibration, an energy, a frequency where certain acts or deeds, like the seven deadly sins, you might say, you know, pride and, um, uh, you know, um, 
certain things that are like, well, yeah, basically what you're starting with there is something that is going against what would be otherwise good or um, the idea that like if you saw and I've tried to explain this to people and then they'll come at me with more of the like the thing I said in the first place that nothing's good or bad in of itself and it's like I do agree with that but I also think that if um, you know if if an old lady is uh, about to cross the street and she left her purse on the bus stop um, the good thing to do would be to get her purse for her and help her cross the street bad thing to do would be to just grab the person run away um and so i try to i i've tried to explain good and evil and it's, it's a very basic thing that you know um you don't really need to be told um but uh i think the rules the rules have a fixed nature to them and i would rather live by the exception to the rule than live by the rule because um most times uh, in a in a given lifetime the exceptions to the rule play a big part in doing what's called for you know uh, i that's probably like the best answer ever um hmm. just so you know like so you you use the old lady example and my brain went to okay what are all the other reasons why taking that her bag yeah are beneficial because one of the yeah. things I always think about is a lot of things that in our society are deemed bad happen out of necessity for somebody's survival. Like most right. people aren't like, I'm going to go do bad things. I'm going to go rob a bank or I'm gonna, like, I mean, there's all of us who saw Ocean's Eleven and we were just, <laughs> I just want to complete a heist. Like I just want to. <laughs> right. <heist>. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which. Side note, had parent-teacher conferences today, and my kid had to learn about rules and laws. And he wrote a law that our family follows, and the law that he drew was that we don't steal from banks. And I was like, he is correct. We have never, as a family, completed a heist. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, my seven-year-old, this is what he thinks of. Anyway, um, <laughs> but so many things, I mean... If you look at gang problems and drug dealers and guns and all sorts of things, those things were bred out of the necessity to stay alive, to feed their own families, to survive the circumstances that they're in. Like, right. not a lot of people are like, hey, I'm going to go on a crime spree and steal a bunch of things for funsies. I mean, stupid ass teenagers sometimes, mm -hmm. for sure, because they're they're pushing the limits and seeing what where they're going to get pushed back essentially um yeah but for the most part a lot of that is due to them trying to save themselves or somebody else and putting themselves at risk to help others so like when you steal from if you're stealing from someone so you can feed your kids right. or if you're selling drugs so that you can have money to feed your kids you are putting right. yourself at risk of being incarcerated so that you keep your family alive and a lot right. of people like it's demonized all over our country mm. um but if you get to the root of it like the root of it is all survival and then like when you're in survival i feel like good and bad is even 
more gray area because when you're in survival you are right. in your lizard brain like you are right. you're an animal and it is kill right. or be killed no and, and it's it's yeah yeah it's i think um my belief now and, and or I, I would say more than belief knowledge is that in a given situation anyone gifted with a mind with the human mind um capable of, of using it um and and the, the spiritual um, discernment, I don't know if that's the right word, but the ability to kind of judge, the, the ability to judge, um, you know, the, you know, the kid took a took a sandwich because he hasn't no one's been feeding him. You know, he, he's, he took a sandwich out of the grocery store, the ability to, to kind of judge like people know what they're doing and whether or not it's good or bad or right or wrong, or they know that they're not quite sure <laughs> that it's, I'm not so sure about this. I'm doing it anyway. Um, they, and we, we all kind of know the difference. So I, I would be less concerned with judging others, but I would implore people to really search yourself, really search yourself is the reason you're doing this because you're at that point where you've been backed into a corner, you're up against a wall. And right now, um, you, you know, maybe this isn't good, but I, I'm doing this because I, I've got to figure out, I've got to figure out something. I've got to get somewhere. Um, but I do honestly think there are a lot of people who for one reason or another, just have a very low standard in terms of, the behavior, you know, what they demand of themselves. And I, I'm included, uh, not necessarily in terms of, uh, stealing just cause I, again, I've been blessed with wh where I've ended up now is not a place where I I'm even tempted to do that really. Uh, unless, unless you get a little broad with your definition of stealing, but, um, I, uh, I do think that in terms of, um, Right, wrong. I think there's somewhere in the New Testament. I think Paul says something like, "Nothing is good or bad in of itself, but you know, to to him who esteems something, to him something, just if you consider something good, then to you that's good. If you consider something bad, then to you that's bad." And I think there is no escaping our own conscience. There is really no escaping our own judgment and the the ability to to know better. Um, it's almost impossible for me to understand how to, in a world this large with the population we have, the infrastructure and the technology and the, all the workings, cargo ships full of food and trucks going from one city to another across the country, how with all of this, um, things get really cloudy. It's not like living in a, in a simple quaint, log cabin village before electricity and in the village is like 50 to 100 people where I, 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 I'm not prepared for that because I'm so coddled by, <laughs> by electricity and by yeah. uh, not having to chop wood and all that. But um, I really do think we'd be better off in living more like that um, because my dream it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell a kid who's grown up in like 
a really bad neighborhood in part of a you know a city like LA County or something with that but, but the sprawl it has and the millions and millions of people who's grown up in this bad neighborhood who depending on all the variables and, and and is looking around at people driving BMWs and is hungry. I don't know. Like I, <laughs> it's, there's a part of me that is cynical. And I guess this leads into why I didn't have or chose to not have children. Um, that almost feels like it's a bit of an unsolvable problem. I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is a knot you untie. You may have to just cut off this part of the rope. You know, like for the world to get better. I, I don't know if there's um. <laughs> this may not this, this this may need an amputation more than a you know a treatment that would actually because um, I mean, good grief! Just flying into LA when I do and I see it, it scares me to think how many people in such a small area and we're not really capable of taking care of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, I don't know. I still consider myself a cynic. Other people, <laughs> other people don't. Um, huh. other people have always told me I'm an optimist, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm a realist in a shitty world. <laughs> but, um, I think. I mean, there's there's definitely a a place for cynicism. Um, it's the being able to look at reality, and it doesn't mean that you can't have hope. Like hope is a very powerful thing, but trying to find realistic hope and finding where you, where you can make a difference, because there's all sorts of studies that say we have plenty of food on this earth to feed everybody. And the reason we're not is because people want to make a buck off of you. Like the mm -hmm. amount of, the amount of food waste in America compared to the amount of hungry people in America is fucking ridiculous. Right. All comes down to somebody wants to make a dollar off of it. Um, and, you know, we can, I can scream down with capitalism all day long, but that's not solving anything. Mm. But I'm a big proponent of like doing what you can for your community because we could solve world hunger, you know, I mean, hmm. if you could convince every single human being on this planet to put other people before themselves, we could solve wor world hunger overnight. But right. that's a much more difficult task to do. Um, but what you can do is you can uh, talk to your local food banks and see what they're doing. You can see what, like, what services need to be provided in your community. Like in your, like, look at your zip code alone and say okay, where are services needed? Like, I mean, I mentioned this on another podcast that's that I just recorded this last week as well. Um, but somewhere around 51% of students in Laramie County 1, so in Cheyenne, are on free and reduced lunch. More than half of the kids in this town do not, like parents don't make enough money to afford lunch like they get hmm. sent home with friday food bags because like teachers don't know if those kids are eating on the weekends because they don't know if they have money for food and that is something that there are plenty of people in this town who know that and then there are plenty of people in this town who turn a blind eye to it because it's not their problem or they don't want to have to face that problem 
And I think that's a big problem with humanity is when things hurt too much, we turn a blind eye because we are not emotionally intelligent enough to handle the repercussions. And like, I mean, things, Cheyenne is a great place. It is a great place to live. I hated growing up here, but I would even say it's a great place to grow up. Um, but we are one of the largest drug trafficking hubs in the country. Mm. We are one of the largest sex trafficking hubs in the country. I've heard that. Yeah. Um, like when when so many people pass through here, it is really easy to move things. And whether whether it's drugs or people and people are like, well, that kind of stuff doesn't happen here. The fuck it doesn't like mm. we all know how much of a fentanyl problem America has. Mm. And we all know where it's coming through. Like we have two interstates that cross right here. And mm. they're like there's drug busts all the time, but mm. they're not like they can't stop it. They stop some of it, but they can't stop all of it. And yeah. it's. Like, it's one of those things. And one of the things that, like, made me really mad when COVID hit is, so we went to virtual school, right, at the, like, the onset of COVID. Yeah. And, um, I had, so, like, all of the students in, in Cheyenne now, they're one-to-one -one with technology. Every student has an iPad provided to them. But at the beginning mm. of COVID, when we went digital, when we went virtual, that was not the case. And there were students on in a certain area of town who, as soon as they got sent home, they had a computer in hand that was provided for them so they could continue their education. And at my child's school, it was, do you, because not everybody in this town has access to, to internet at home. Like yeah. not everybody can afford wireless internet which is something that if someone chooses to do which is a side note if you don't know um spectrum does have a program for low-income families hmm. who cannot afford wireless internet so that it makes it more affordable to them so that they can provide for their kids um hmm. as a side note so there are good things but it's like people don't always know they exist. Um, but like my kid was in kindergarten at the time and I like they they asked like, do you have a home computer that they can use? And at the time I didn't because mm. I use my computer at work. And so my child spent the last quarter of his kindergarten year learning kindergarten from a paper packet that got sent home. And that was his mm. education. Like I'm, I'm blessed because my mom is a teacher, and so she taught my kid and and my brother, and she oh. handled that. Um, but it made me like one of the things that made me so mad is I had a friend who posted on Facebook. They're like, I'm just so glad that like everyone in our town is so taken care of because like my child came home with their computer and they have their assignments and they have teachers who are talking to them and they have this and they have that. And they wow. just talked like everybody has that. And I was, because yeah. I was like, like, this is not, this is not the reality for everybody. It is like, there is huge inequality. And, yeah. um, hmm. and I love, 
I love the difference between the word equality and equity mm. because equality is the idea of everybody having the exact same thing. And equity is the idea of having of everybody having what they need to succeed, which are two vastly mm. different things. Um, yeah. But I don't even know how yeah. on this tangent. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... um, yeah, that, uh, that, well, this is just the kind of town um, I don't know. I mean, we were talking about a lot of deep things. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, um, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those, it's one of those unsolvable. Well, yeah, I don't want to say unsolvable, but the, the scope, right. Um, the scope of it, the sprawl of it, it's, it, it is, um, it's like, well, you do, you do what good you can. Yeah. I mean, one thing you mentioned, um, and just thinking about it in terms of my luck, um, I've, uh, <laughs> I've been really lucky or blessed in a lot of ways. I kind of use those words, you know, I, I like, I like calling it luck. I, I actually, I use the word luck kind of tongue in cheek. Cause I, I think like, it's, it's a funny concept if God is, if God is there, but at the same time, obviously God lets, lets a lot of shit happen. <laughs> it's not always, it's not always um, whatever simulation we're in right now is obviously not for for keeps i mean we are for keeps but the the crap we go through here is this this is like a, a you know it's a basic journey. training a basic training obstacle course full of mud and broken pieces of wood and and yeah you wonder why that guy didn't make it and why did, did this kid die you know like i've been really really lucky and it does you know you can end up feeling guilty about the, the hand you were dealt being a good one um yeah, that's a lot of those problems you were talking about with like the drugs and the, the trafficking and all that is um um yeah you I guess I guess you kind of you can go in baby steps and 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 tackle a, a piece at a time um but unfortunately it's the machine is so big and um just kind of goes on its own yeah. But uh, uh, so I'm a firm believer in the butterfly effect. Yeah, right, right. Like having, if you have a positive impact on one person, you're yeah. going to end up having a positive impact on thousands of people. Yeah, because it will be passed on. So right. it doesn't have to be like you don't have to solve world hunger. If you, right. if if you find a way to feed five hungry kids. And one of those hungry kids actually figures out a way to to convince people to not let people starve. Like, right. you know, that that was a chain reaction started by your own kindness and your own generosity. Um, and I think a huge thing when it comes to generosity that people forget is that money is not the only thing you can be generous with. Like right. you can be generous with your time, your attention, your affection. You can be generous with like the most simple things, like yeah. random acts of kindness, just those simple human things that a lot of times we forget to notice or for to forget to take part in because right. we have so much else going on. But like, Holding a door for somebody 
can change their day. Right. It can change their day for the better or for worse. Like if you like don't realize someone's behind you and you drop a door on them and they're having a bad day and the door hits them. And like, I've been in that position where you're like, oh, great. Like, I feel like no one saw me. I literally at soccer last week, mm. I like, I wasn't even in a bad, I was in a, a decent mood. And like, there was this family walking directly at me. I'm standing there and they're walking directly at me. And I'm like, I'd have nowhere to go. Like you're all, and then they just kept walking at me until I like squished between them because mm. like, like I don't have my own right to exist is like how that yeah. makes me feel. Right. And like, so when you pass by someone saying, excuse me, or yeah. the more, uh, midwestern way of being like oh my bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah but all of those things have an impact and having that especially if you do it intentionally like if you can do it unintentionally you're also having an impact but if you intentionally say i am going to what is the word we were using before it starts with a g come on brain Fucking A. I, I can't think of it either. Ah! Gravitate. Uh, <laughs> generosity. Generosity. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you are intentional, if you're like, I am going, I'm going to be generous three times today. And whatever mm. you decide to be generous with, just give some of who you are to the world right. and the world becomes a better place. Right. 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 Yeah. And that's kind of what um, I was a little worried when uh, you invited me on this. And then especially I listened to a few of your uh, your other podcasts that I was like, I don't know if I have enough going on right now. I don't know if I'm if I have enough going on, but I'm I'm glad we kind of circled this topic and and kept and kind of keep touching back on it. What I'm really enjoying about life right now is um it's it, it, again, not about being content or having like too low of expect too low, you know, setting the bar low, really that focusing what fills me up, uh, focusing on, um, you know, those things the the ability to just in a given day, um, smile at people and, um, uh, I mean, yeah, an audience of, millions or billions would be nicer in a sense and um (laughs) you know i used to i used to really be pretty certain i was going to be rich and famous one day wasn't because i was all that driven to be either of those things i just thought like well no i'm gonna make it i'm gonna be rich i'm actually just really glad to be uh to be able to um on a very I was going to say on a very common level, just the common, you know, on a common level being, um, being in the very fortunate position to, uh, to do something, you know, maybe on the more simple level to have these interactions and downtown at, at a downtown coffee shop, even here, there are some characters. And sometimes, sometimes you're talking to someone, you, you realize like this person could use someone to talk to right now. Yeah. And, uh, and I am, I'm always that. So, uh, um it's uh i remember one night um working a show at the lincoln and there was some some girl walking through the alley kind of screaming and crying and she walked out and i'm like you know 
there to check IDs and stuff. And she was just like, I don't even care. I don't even care if you think I'm crazy. And I was like, I don't think you're crazy. Like, are you coming to the show? And she was like, no. And she like told me that her godfather had just passed away and she was having a really hard day. And I was just like, do you need a hug? And she mm. was like, oh my God, the, the, like really? And I was like, yeah, you look like you could use a hug. So then I just like mm. hugged this fucking stranger because she needed mm. a hug. Like, and if just... If we weren't so scared of each other, right. right? Like, I feel like a lot of times people avoid those kinds of interactions because it can be scary because you don't know what somebody else's intentions are and you don't, right. and it's safer to think the worst of people. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like you need to put that aside and just take the risk and be there for somebody who just needs someone to talk to. Right. So I think you're in a great position to be able to do that with people. It's nice. It's nice. I'm really, um, yeah, I'm very, uh, grateful. I try to focus on being grateful. Um, cause you know, then you're, I find myself, you know, cursing the heavens because there's a line at the drive through or something, you know, silly like that, or, a place closed early or there's construction and all of a sudden I'm, I'm being as dark and as furious, full of rage as I could possibly be. I'm breaking my records for something like that. I have to really try to watch, watch myself because, uh, uh, yeah, through all of the, uh, traps I, I laid out for myself for such a long time. Um, uh, I end, I ended up, um, uh, fairly unscathed uh, relative to how bad it could have been. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is a random question. Cause how long have you been in Cheyenne? Like two years, two, just over two years, two years and a month about. Okay. So me personally, I hate when my two minute commute becomes a five minute commute. It enrages me. Right. And it's something that I'm adapted to because I've lived in a small town most yeah. of my life. Um, so I want to know, as someone who comes from big city, hmm. have you adapted? Like, have you gotten to the point where you're like, man, if I have to drive more than 10 minutes to get somewhere, I'm going to be fucking pissed? Or are you like still in the, oh, well, it used to take me an hour to get to where I was going. So this is totally fine. Or no, generally, unless I'm. Are you? Unless, unless I'm late, you know, by my own hand, which is almost always when I'm late. If I'm not late, like if I'm not actually late and there's not some something pressing like a pressure to, gosh, I should have been there two minutes ago, if it were, unless we're counting that, because then that that always doesn't feel good. Yeah. But yeah, aside from that, no, I still feel like, uh, oh, gosh, it's luxurious to to. Yeah. Even driving 15 minutes to get some. I, I mentioned uh, I mentioned a place the cavalry chapel, which I've gone to a couple of times recently um, because they have nighttime services and I'm not willing to wake up early for even God, apparently. Um, I, I, if God I, wanted you to wake up early, right. he made you an early riser. He would have. Yeah. Right. But luckily he made this church that has a 6 PM service. And so I've gone to a, I've gone to that and uh, it's about 15 minutes from, you know, downtown. And someone mentioned that to me. He's like, oh, that's way out there. And I was like, 15 minutes. This is like, it's not that. I, yeah, I'm back from, I remember 
I remember living in a city where, you know, driving. <laughs> yeah, it would, be, it would take me 25 minutes to get somewhere that, you know, probably in 1972, it would have taken you five minutes. Yeah. Um, but just uh, things got so crowded. There. So, yeah, no, it's still it still feels great. It's still really an amazing feeling to not have to look for parking. I live downtown and I don't have to look for parking. There's consistent, easy parking. Um, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Um, I think it's like just telling. There's one time I went on a trip with some friends. We were meeting in Denver and I was meeting friends from Fort Collins. And we left at the same time. And I got to Denver before they did because of how long it takes you to get out of Fort Collins to get to the interstate. And I'm just like, Oh, right. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, exactly. Like, like they would talk crap and they're like, Oh, you just like your small time. Like, yeah. Like if I can get to Denver faster than you can, yeah. why can I live in a big city. <laughs> like, yeah, that's so, that's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. I like it here. It is time. We are moving into our final, our final round. Okay. Um, so you get to choose left or right? Left. All right. Your first question. If you had one month to study a period in history, what would it be? One month to study a period in history. Um, Shakespeare's time, around that time when he was writing plays. Uh, and I guess that location. I don't know. <laughs> Want to act for Shakespeare would I want to act for Shakespeare uh I might be cast as a woman I'd be a little yeah. afraid I'd end up I'd end up having to to kiss the male lead who is taller and broader shouldered than me um <laughs> although my voice probably to be fair, is back high. then back then tall and broad shoulders was not the ideal body type so I guess yeah I don't know that, yeah I know actually yeah, things... like the last 20 years thank you Marvel right 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 maybe I should have said the 1940s in America that also would have been a an era i'd like to study because also i i wouldn't be afraid to go to the 1940s in america except for the war never mind i don't know <laughs> much less likely to like catch the plague uh, right. Right. but more likely to uh fight in a war right yeah yeah i mean <laughs> there's pros and cons of every every time period so right but no, definitely if I was going to study, uh, yeah, uh, 1611, I don't know, something around there. Okay. All right. My first question, do you have any desire to take up a new hobby or interest? If so, what would it be? Um, so this is like an old interest with a new twist that I am taking up, um, which is specific jewelry making, which is making mala bracelets. Hmm. Because... Um, my boyfriend is really into yoga and he has mala bracelets. It meant a lot to him. And so I found out how to fix them so that I can huh. fix his. And then um, he was just like, you know, you could make these for other people. And then like his cousin was like, hey, could you make me one? And I was just, and then I like, I instantly, I was just like, where can I buy beads? Like wholesale <laughs> beads, what can I do? Like learn how to make tassels. And like, it's just fun. And it's- nice. Um, I, I take, I have too many hobbies. Um, I can't fit all of the things I like to do into my life, which is a problem because I want to do them all. Mm. Um, but I don't have the energy to do them all because I'm a human and 
require rest in order to exist. So, oh. um, but that's something that I can do while I'm enjoying other things. And it's something that's not like a lot of my hobbies have turned into um, like almost career path sort of things. Yeah. I don't want everything that I enjoy to, and it's not like I'm not going to sell them, but like the plan would be to sell them to cover my costs. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So you can enjoy them. Um, right. And yeah. So I don't want everything I enjoy doing to turn into like something monetary. Um, right. I want, I just want to have some things that I do because I like doing them. So, right. Right. Okay. Hmm. Your next question. If you could have two questions answered by a psychic who was 100% accurate, <laughs> what would they be? Oh no. Yeah. Cause I, I almost wouldn't want to ask the most important questions perhaps. Uh, two psychic always accurate oh my gosh um okay um hmm. one would be could i smoke cigarettes as many as i want for the rest of my life without having any negative health consequences result from it because if they told me if they told me yeah actually You'll be one of those, one of those ones who you can smoke to your 99 and it'll never actually cause you any problems. You'll die of other, you'll just die peacefully in your sleep. You know, like something like that. Then I would just smoke cigarettes. Um, and if they told me no, then I would, it'd be easier to not smoke. It. So that'd be one question. Second question. There's a, they're a psychic. They're always accurate. Oh, um, where can I find, uh, you know, buried buried treasure or U.S. currency? Okay. In, in, in an amount over $500,000 worth. Um, where can I find that that I can travel to in a reasonable amount of time, you know, can drive to and, and bear, dig it up without without any negative consequences? That would be the other question. <laughs> cigarettes, cigarettes and gold. <laughs> cigarettes and cash is what I'm looking for. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no offense but you sort of sound like uh like a hooker <laughs> <laughs> right right i know i know that's actually yeah <laughs> i'm not i'm not that deeply spiritual after all I, I just need a pack of marlboro reds and a stack of cash on the counter <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay for me would you rather be the poorest family in a wealthy neighborhood or the richest family in a poor neighborhood? Um, I would rather be the richest family in a poor neighborhood because I feel like I would have a greater ability to give back to my community. Um, also, I've... I don't know that I was the poorest, but I, I've been poor. I've been some level of poor most of my life, according to like wealth standards. Mm. <laughs> but it is it is difficult 
to have less than the people around you um and like keep a straight face about it and I don't want my kids to have to go through that as mm. much as possible um uh. even as much as like having the conversation with my kids where they're like well my cousins got $500 worth of toys from Santa Claus why did I get socks a book and some snacks and I'm mm. like well first of all they're fucking Santa Claus and go fuck themselves yeah right right yeah, yeah. second <laughs> That's... like um <laughs> it's like those are conversations I've already had to have with my kids because yeah. other people get more than them and they don't understand. Like they mm. understand money. They understand like even today picked them up um, from my mom and they were like, we were really good this morning. Can we go get McDonald's? And I was like, here's the deal. I was planning on taking you out after your parent teacher conferences and to treat you then. And that's what I would like to do. And they're like, yeah, but it's just lunch. I was like, right. But to buy lunch for you at McDonald's costs $20. Right. Like, well, it's just $20. I'm like, I know you understand how much $20 is, but you don't understand how much $20 impacts my budget. Right. So like, and it's, it's just hard things to, to explain to kids without burdening them with, you know your adult issues mm. and so um i know that that's hard so i don't want my kids to have to go through that and i'd mm. rather be able to teach them to be generous with what they can be generous with right and to treat everyone as an equal which i can do um without them knowing what they have or have not so yeah yeah, yeah. All right, your last question. What is more enjoyable for you? Doing good deeds for people or having people do good deeds for you? Oh, definitely doing them for, for people. Not, uh, I mean, that's easy just because um, <laughs> I'll take advantage of good coming my way. Yeah. But I usually don't feel good about it. You know, I don't know if that's part of the Irish Catholic thing. I've always heard. Oh, um, sure. That's the, yeah, I, uh, um, yeah, it just doesn't feel good. I'm definitely like, if I get to do something good for someone, then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I can, I can enjoy that. So yeah, that's an yeah, easy one. I actually think that there's studies that show that one, helping people or doing good deeds for people actually adds to happiness, adds to joy. And I think most people are kind of uncomfortable receiving good. Mm. Okay, my last one. What characteristic of yourself would you like to change or develop more? So many. <laughs> I would say, I'm going to make a list. Patience. I always feel like I can have more patience. Mm. Um. I would say affection. I am not like stereotypically affectionate. Mm. Um, I always tell people like I'm a cat. 
like when I want to give affection, I can be affectionate, but when I don't want to get a- give affection, I'm like very standoffish. Mm. And both my kids are like little cuddle bugs. And there have been times like I make my kid cry because he'll just like come up and try to hug me. And I'm like, nah, right now. <laughs> like, oh. like, mommy does not want to be touched. And then he's like sad because like I reject him. And I'm like, I will like, let me get into the right mindset. And then yeah. like, minutes later, I'll come back like, okay, I, yeah. I got myself in, in a space where I can handle affection. And then like, we'll talk. but yeah. I am not like naturally very affectionate and I, I don't know if it's not naturally very affectionate or if I learned affectionate um yeah because it's something that I did not have for a long long period of time um mm. it's again one of those things like I've I've grown very comfortable with not having human connection so mm. having human connection can be very very uncomfortable at times so, right um I've, d- I've dealt with that issue too like, yeah and i think yeah. i think those are the main two affection and patience i think hmm. if i developed those a little bit more i could be a much better human being to those around me <laughs> well seems like you're doing a good enough job from what little i've seen well, that's what people tell me but i always feel like i'm a giant failure at everything i do <laughs> no well clearly not clearly you're not <laughs> um yeah you're you're uh but it, you know it's good to it's good to set the bar high and all that but you know clearly you're, you're doing pretty good you know seems to me yeah i i would say i try my best but i generally try as little as i need to to get by because <laughs> that's the best <laughs> energy for <laughs> right yeah. i tried my best yeah. for a really long time and then and then i was burnt out and wanted to die so i stopped doing that <laughs> Yeah, it's it's good to alternate. You need to just, yeah. yeah, for a while, dude. It's like the it's like the body fat thing. Like, do not yeah. don't have to be ripped all all year long. Have yeah. have a good month here, and then exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Victor, thank you very much for having this real human conversation with me. Thank, thank you. you all for joining in to the Common Humanity podcast. Um, we will see you again. Well, we won't see you. We'll hear you again. We'll yeah. talk to you again next time. <laughs> Um, and I hope everyone has a blessed, blessed day.